When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is People Every Day. Coming up, breaking down Katie Couric's big return to the Today Show inside her sit-down with Savannah Guthrie amid drama surrounding her new book. Plus, how Kourtney Kardashian's ex, Scott Disick, really feels about her engagement to Travis Barker. And Meghan McCain's revelations about postpartum anxiety and her difficult time on The View. It's October 19th. everyone. Tis I, Janine Rubenstein, and this is People Every Day. I hope your Tuesdays are off to a great start. I have a couple stuffed up, sniffly kiddos at home with me today, so accepting all the positive vibes and energy you want to send my way. Well, in the world of the Kardashians, Scott Disick is not sending out the most positive vibes to his newly engaged ex, Courtney. People has learned that Disick continues not to be the biggest fan of Travis Barker and his relationship with Courtney a relationship that is all the more official now following Barker's big marriage proposal. So here to share what we've learned from sources about how Disick really feels about the mother of his children getting engaged is People's Michelle Coriston. Break it down for us, Michelle. A source told People exclusively that Scott Disick is not happy about her engagement and never approved of her relationship with Travis. The source said, quote, he always had this idea that he and Courtney would eventually get back together. Meanwhile, Travis's ex-wife, Shanna Mochler, took the cryptic Instagram route, posting an IG story that says she's closed for spiritual maintenance after the engagement news broke, along with a Tupac quote. Before you ask why someone hates you, ask yourself why you give a bleep. Hopefully these families can come together and heal soon, because according to our source, Courtney would love to have a baby with Travis, meaning the Barkers and Kardashian Disicks would be united for life. Either way, fans will likely see the drama unfold. People confirmed that Travis's romantic beach proposal was filmed for the Kardashians' upcoming Hulu project. Juicy stuff. Thanks, Michelle. Well, we are going to dig in a bit early today, guys, because today is the day for Katie Couric on Today. (laughs) Seriously, the former co-anchor of the Today Show returned to her old stomping grounds for a wide-ranging interview with Savannah Guthrie about her new book, Going There. It was an interview a lot of people had been waiting for, in part because Couric writes candidly about time in the news business, uh, her professional relationship with Matt Lauer, and her interactions with NBC execs and former anchors, oftentimes painting them in an unflattering light. Here to break it all down and dig into some of the other top stories today, are People's Deputy Editor, Wendy Noggle, and People's Political Correspondent, Sandra Soberai-Westfall. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. 
Wow. Let's dig into this stuff. Wendy, uh, we've talked on some of our meetings about how big of an interview this was with Katie Couric. Uh, why was it so significant that she went on today? today? <laughs> and, and what do you think people were hoping she and Savannah would discuss? I think what was really interesting about this interview is this is Katie really going home. It's where she spent, you know, 15 years of her career where viewers really welcomed her into their living rooms each and every morning. And so she was really face-to-face with her former colleagues, both in front of and behind the camera. And it was really a moment for them to talk openly in front of the world about everything in her book. Wow. And and she described that workplace. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about that, of sitting there, being there after the fact and describing some of the things that you know, hopefully don't persist, but she laid it all out in the book. She called it uh, a culture that was permissive. Um, she talked in the book about Brian Gumble being a chauvinist and, and, and Deborah Norville not being relatable. Like, just take me into like what that pressure must have been like. Well, one of the things Katie talked a lot about in our cover story last week and on the Today Show again is just this is a little bit of a window into what media was like at the time that she was coming up in the ranks. You know, there was sexism. She recounts a a time in her career where someone said the reason she got ahead was her hard work and her breast size. And through the encouragement of a a boss, she wrote a very stern memo. and, And, you know, the man who said that to her apologized. But this was kind of the environment. Um, But she did also talk about Bryant and how he really maybe disempowered her might be a nice way to put it. You know, he was the one who would always be the last person to, you know, kick to the commercials. And there were these subtle things that he would constantly do that would make her definitely feel like the number two on the show. And um, and so that's something she talks about in the book quite a bit. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting to see how media has changed. Remember, Savannah was the person who stood in front of the world and said Matt Lauer was fired this morning um, when, when the Today Show did push him out. So it was an interesting conversation to see these two women have about someone they had both worked with when it came to Matt Lauer. Yeah. So she told Savannah that she feels that the book is is, quote, uh, very self-critical, very introspective. But she's gotten a fair bit of criticism about what she wrote about other female journalists. So let's take a listen to a little bit of that. Are you, I mean, do you regret that now? I mean, what's your perspective on it now? You yeah. said, um, I was w- less welcoming when charismatic female correspondents entered my sphere. There were only a few coveted spots for women. I felt like I had to protect my turf. Yeah, I mean, I think that's brutally honest, mm-hmm. you know? I think that I have mentored scores of women, um, many of who still work on this show and in the control room. Hi, ladies. But, um, you know, I think that when there are very few jobs for women, And men are making decisions not necessarily based on, you know, the right criteria that sometimes you do get insecure and sometimes you do get territorial. I think it's human nature. Well, Sandra, I want to take this one over to you. Uh, You, like Wendy, have been in this media industry for a while now. What do you make of the atmosphere that she is describing? And and does it align with any of your own experiences? You know, I started at the White House in 1997, um, right when Monica Lewinsky um, burst onto the headlines. And you know, Savannah Guthrie, uh, Nora O'Donnell, Ann Compton. I was with a lot of those women in the West Wing press room. And I have to say my experience was very different. It was almost like a a sisterhood. Um, But that was outside of the realm of this hyper-competitive morning show 
environment that that Katie came up in. My very first uh, expense account purchase covering the 1996 presidential campaign was a little band with diamonds on it from the Lord and Taylor jewelry counter because I was so tired of fending off um, some of my male colleagues that I, I wore it on my left hand. So that part I can relate to. The kind of the the, the competition among women, I didn't see. In fact, we, we were, there was a lot of camaraderie among the White House uh, press corps women that, that I came up with. Well, she also, of course, spoke about Matt Lauer, uh, telling Savannah she was as surprised as everyone else, anyone else, even though she had heard gossip here and there. And uh, yeah, Wendy, I want to go into um, just what she said about her relationship with Matt, because they were friends. Um, so, So why is there still so much skepticism about what she did and didn't know? I think it's always easier to look back with 2020 vision. Um, you know, I, she does make the point in the book, and she told this to us at People, that, you know, she was working. She was caring for an, a very ill husband, and she was trying to get home to two young children. Um, I think also there is a difference now that, you know, she recognizes that there was probably some infidelity and there were rumors of that, but she didn't ask questions and she didn't want to, you know, get into anyone else's business, basically. Um, she does tell the story about an email that was sent to a producer by mistake. It was someone who had the same last name and there were references to, you know, buttering her thighs and that skirt that slips off so easily and things like that. Um, I think Mm -hmm. any of us today, if we saw that, that would be an immediate flag. HR. HR would be called. (laughs) Hello. There would be no question. We'd like to think that that would have happened sooner. It's hard to know exactly that environment unless you're in it. And and I I think that's why so many people have a little bit of disbelief because we know what would happen today if something like that were to transpire. Next up, more with People's Wendy Noggle and Sandra Sobri-Westfall on Katie Couric, as well as the surprising stuff we're learning about Meghan McCain. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So Katie also spoke to People's Kay Adams last night about whether or not she regretted leaving the Today Show. So let's take a listen to that. The country probably wasn't ready for a female anchor. I thought we were much further ahead than where we were. I think because I had had a lot of authority on the Today Show and people seemed to look to me as that person, 
which was so gratifying. But I think that was kind of uh, the microcosm of the Today Show. So I don't think the country was necessarily ready for a woman or maybe just not this woman. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and, and I also think that internally, I didn't really jibe with the CBS culture. You can hear more from that interview on People, the TV show. The last thing we should get into is Savannah really pushing back when it came to a moment in the book when Katie admits to censoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is one more thing we have to hear. I mentioned that it was a conundrum that I asked Justice Ginsburg about Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee and how she felt about that. And I did include the fact that she said it was dumb and disrespectful. It was stupid and arrogant and quite a bit of what she said. There was another line that I thought was, I wasn't sure what she meant exactly. And I thought it was subject to interpretation. What I wish I had done is asked a follow up to clarify or just run it and let her clarify it later. But I think the, the, the most pertinent and direct response to the question about Colin Kaepernick, I included. And that's why I raised it, because maybe I should have done the other sentence as well. well. Let me push you on it a little bit, because um, she did make those comments. You said in the book that you wanted to protect her. Yeah. So that's not an occasion where you're using that objectivity that's so important to us journalists. And, yeah. and the question is whether that undermines journalism at a time when reporters are under attack for bias like that. You know, that. I think Justice Brandeis says sunshine is the best disinfectant. And I think the more we can be transparent about the decisions we make and the more we can say maybe that wasn't the right one. Do you think the it better was off wrong we were. now that you look at it in the yeah, light Yeah, I day? think I ultimately I think I should have included it. Wow. So, Wendy, were you surprised at how hard the show Savannah, you know, hit this angle? I guess I was a little bit. I feel like this is a conversation between two journalists really talking about their craft and the decision making. A little inside baseball. Yeah, a little bit inside baseball for for a lot of viewers, perhaps. But I do think it, you know, I, I agree with Katie that it is really important that journalists are transparent, that, you know, they say they've, you know, edited the interview or something like that. I think is it right of Katie to say I use this as an example to be transparent in her book? Yes, but I think it would have been better to be transparent in that moment that it was happening. Um, you know, I think it's also a safe thing for the Today Show to debate. It, it does get the conversation away from Matt and away from what was going on at NBC. And so maybe that's that was the purpose that it served. You know, this had me sort of searching my brain back through all of my at-home interviews. Mm. I mean, I've seen presidential candidates' wives change diapers and um, presidential candidates roll meatballs in their kitchen. I, and there were things that I left out of interviews simply because they weren't newsworthy or, you know, in the case of Elizabeth Edwards when she was dying, I I respected some medical privacy things that, that, that I saw, but it wasn't to protect. And I think that mm. was the really damning part mm -hmm. of Katie's passage in the book was that she was trying to protect Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That is so taboo. And yeah, it's it's a nice thing to spin it now as transparency, but she did it then and we're only hearing about it when a, when there's a book to be sold. 
Yeah, a gut check for some journalists out there, I'm sure. Um, so before I let you two go, I wanted to get into one more story in the wake of her soon-to-be-released audio memoir. Conservative writer and TV personality Megan McCain is making headlines again. Remember just a few months ago when she left The View? Well, that was big news, but also it was kind of a low-key exit. Well, for those of you who knew there was a deeper story there, feel vindicated because Megan is not sparing any details. Her memoir Bad Republican, which is set to release on Audible this Thursday, talks about her experience on The View and the real reason she left. So let's get into it. Back in August, when Megan officially left The View, she said it came down to how she wanted to raise her new daughter. Um, I just have this really wonderful life here that ultimately um, I felt like I didn't want to leave. Now, in her new memoir, she's sharing a different story. According to Variety, she said The View was a, quote, toxic work environment and recounts one encounter with Joy Behar that was a turning point for her. When I was on maternity leave, you missed me so much. You missed fighting with me. I did not. I did not miss you. That was her second day back from maternity leave. And what we now know is she was struggling with severe postpartum anxiety. She says she was terrified. Someone would try to hurt her baby and, and even asked her husband to hire armed guards. So I guess, Sandra, I know we interviewed her for the magazine. What else is she saying in this book? You know, I, as somebody who's struggled myself with postpartum anxiety, her whole book really struck a nerve with me. And rewatching that clip with Joy, um, you know, she was feeling so fragile at that point, mm-hmm. Megan was. And remembering how I felt and on what a hair trigger my emotions were on, I just saw her reaction to that as as so symptomatic of postpartum anxiety. Mm. She told us in the interview that she, when they went off air, she went to her dressing room, she vomited, she had a panic attack, she couldn't breathe, she was hyperventilating, she was sobbing. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was all part and parcel. Um, what really struck me is how self-conscious she was in the interview about sharing any of this. She kept saying to us, um, I don't know if any of this is going to be interesting to people. I don't know if anything is, is, you know, is this interesting? And I really felt for her because I I just wanted to say, Megan, it's going to be so interesting to the women who need to hear it. And it's going to be probably life-saving. And she paints in the book a very vivid portrait of what postpartum anxiety feels like. It's a very visceral um, depiction. There's a lot in there, too, a, a lot of grievance about her time on The View. That was People's Deputy Editor Wendy Noggle and political correspondent Sandra Sobri Westfall discussing Katie Couric's book Going There and Megan McCain's book Bad Republican. For more on these stories, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. I have a soft spot for big surprise reunion videos on social media. Ask my husband. I tear up every time. (laughs) And this one is no exception. While eight-year-old Benjamin was tucked away sleeping in his bed, his dad, Ralph Watts, was inches away ready to surprise him with a visit home from deployment. When the little boy realized who was waking him up, he threw his hands around his dad's neck and the waterworks began to flow. The two held on tight as they embraced each other with a hug, and his mother was there to record the whole thing. She posted the clip to Instagram saying, that hashtag father-son relationship is so vital. I'm a witness. And I couldn't agree more. Where's my tissue? (laughs) I will talk to you guys tomorrow. 